to do what's right. It takes courage to do what is right and not fold and conform to the world, but be transformed into the biblical image of Jesus Christ of who he has called us to be. So we were very real. We were not hyper-spiritual with our children. We met them where the rubber meets the road and brought biblical solutions, biblical thinking to the issues that they were dealing with in their lives. Welcome to the special Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio, featuring Pastor Daniel Fusco and special guest, Bishop Dale Bronner. Sometimes you have a GPS that has to reroute or recalibrate. Well, today, Pastor Daniel and Bishop Dale Bronner talk about the importance of these sort of basic building blocks of your faith, living it out on a daily basis. When these things aren't in place, then your heart has to recalibrate to get you back on track. Now, here's Pastor Daniel and special guest, Bishop Dale Bronner, with the Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Crazy Happy Podcast with me, Daniel Fusco, your host. I am excited that we get to be together again, learning and growing in what seems to be turbulent times. God is constantly inviting us to simply respond to Jesus and to allow his spirit to lead us into a unique happiness, what the Bible calls the abundant life or salt and light, something that we're seeking to cultivate and walk in on any given day. I want to thank you all so much for rating the podcast, posting it, talking about it. Uh, I'm so excited. So many of you are so excited about uh, the crazy happy book that's been out now for, uh, I guess, about eight or nine months. And God is doing his unique thing as we're studying the fruit of the spirit and the Beatitudes. And so I'm just grateful that we get to be together, growing together in community. And I've always said this, that one of the pleasures I get is that on this podcast, I get to talk to people who I have tremendous respect for, people who I look up to. In a lot of ways, I uh, we choose guests for the podcast, people that I just want to talk to and I want to learn from, and that we allow everybody else to listen in. And so today's guest on the podcast is somebody who I have long looked up to, long respected, long learned from. Uh, but then a number of years ago, got a chance to meet him. And now we've been cultivating a relationship and friendship, trying to find ways to do ministry together. And so today we're going to welcome to the podcast, Bishop Dale Bronner. Now, if you don't know Bishop Bronner, you have been missing out. But listen, you got to go find him on all the socials. He is uh, one of the pastors, the founding, one of the lead pastors of the Word of Faith family. He's got ministry going on all over the place. And he is a uh, a dad, a pastor. He is a, a husband. He's a, a proud grandfather. And he is one of my absolute favorite people in the whole world. Someone who my wife and I were always talking about things he's posting, talking about clips that uh, videos he's sharing. So Bishop Bronner, thank you for joining us on the Crazy Happy Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing just great. It's my pleasure to be with you today. So, so you have some fresh news. Like, you know, as we're recording this podcast, your family has some, some new news. So why don't you share that with everybody? Yes, we just had our ninth grandchild, another boy. So we actually already, we had five girls and three, 
when you have five girls and three boys. And so now this evens it out. So this makes it five girls and four boys now. So we, we are ecstatic about that. That is so exciting. And it's one of the things that uh, I find to be so uh, beautiful about who God has made you to be and how God is, is using you is, uh, you know, like I've always heard it as a pastor. People say, you know, uh, you have to take care of the first church of your, of your family before you can take care of the, the people of God. And obviously that's a biblical thing. You know, elders need to be people who are leading well in the home. And so, uh, you have placed such a priority on your family. So, so, you know, and we were talking even before we started rolling here that when, as I watch the, the, the ministry that God has called you to, I kind of see it being built on kind of four pillars. First, your faith in Jesus. Second, your family. And then the ministry. And then you also have tremendous business things that you have going on. So could you talk a little bit about like uh, your family, things that you have done to cultivate just that spiritual vibrancy that you have in your family. Not only is there a lot of love, but your, your, your family is walking with the Lord. You're raising up gen, you know, generations of favor in your family. So talk a little about how you and your bride kind of cultivated that. Oh, wow. Well, you know, I don't know that we cultivated as much as we inherited it because uh, it didn't start with us. I mean, I was born in a Christian family. My wife was born in a Christian family. And so I came from a lineage of business people on my dad's side of the family and and then ministers from my mom's side of the family. My great-grandfather was a was a was a minister, my great-great-grandfather was a minister, my great-great-great-grandfather was a minister. So I'm actually a fourth generation minister on my mother's side of the family, but a fourth generation businessman on my father's side of the family. So they've worked great. I don't find any conflict at all between the two of them. Some people struggle with this whole question of whether about business and money and God. You don't have to struggle between whether you're going to be in business or whether you're going to serve God. Serve God while you're in business. You know, just choose which one you're going to serve. I've chosen a long time ago that I would serve God and then use business as our ability to be able to connect in our world and to be able to build resources to be even make an impact in the world to help establish the covenants of Jesus Christ in the earth. And so that's what we've been doing. I stepped into that. That is the heritage for me. My dad modeled that for me. I counted in our business at one time, we had 27 relatives working uh, in our business. Uh, that And our business was started in 1947. 1947. So we've, we've been we've been kicking it a long time, still faithful uh, in, in that business. And we're grateful to God. That's our inheritance. But ministry is our inheritance as well. And so we didn't want to cheat either one. So we've been faithful to be able to serve God. Every time we opened another location, the first thing my dad did was to have our pastor to come and dedicate it to the Lord. So he modeled that for me a long, long time ago. When people would come to our business, if they'd moved here from another city, if they didn't have a church home, my dad, I mean, it might have been illegal, but he made them come to church. I, I should say that he strongly incentivized their coming uh, to our church and, uh, and, and working. But this was the church where I grew up. Uh, where my, my dad served as a faithful deacon. And I really honestly believe that I'm still reaping the blessings uh, in my own personal life because of the faithfulness that my dad sowed in another man's ministry. 
Well, no, I love this because what you're saying is that both for you and for your bride, you, you receive this inheritance of the things of God. Like even as, as on your, on your father's side, it was all business, but they, but they were doing business as mission, right? And that's something that we talk about today. And then on, on your wife's side, you have like, you know, a whole lineage of, of pastors and ministers. And so, so you received, you know, both you and your bride being nurtured in your families, uh, a, a, a heritage of the things of faith. Now, but obviously like as a, as a pastor and as a businessman, you meet all sorts of people who they haven't received that inheritance of faith. Yeah. And so, so what would you say to them? Because the, like, I'm sure there's some people who are listening right now and people are on all different steps of their faith journey. You know, they're like, man, that must be really awesome to, to grow, to be raised up in a family where man, my parents were solid. They loved the Lord. They, they were, they were, they were doing the things that God had in front of them or, or those uh, generations of pastors. What would you say to somebody who's like, Hey, I'm brand new to the, to walking with Jesus, but I have these kids and, and, and I, and I want to give them the inheritance that Bishop Bronner is talking about. Oh, wow. You know, that's, that is so great to me. Legacy always begins with one. It begins with one. All that he needed is just one lamb for every household to be able to save it. So if you can just get one person, there have been several other families that I've cultivated this in just to even watch them come into the Lord because they didn't come from a Christian heritage. They weren't raised in church. But once they become believers, my goodness, to get on fire for God, to get committed into a local church and to get disciple yourself so that then you reproduce in your children. You teach them as you're being taught. One of the greatest joys of my life has been ministering to this great church over in Singapore and probably 90% of the church, first generation Christians, first generation Christians. I am absolutely amazed by their appetite for the things of God. When I teach there, they will sit there for an additional two hours after I've ministered discussing what was taught and talking in practical terms as to how do we incorporate this into our everyday life? How do we make this real in our families? Because they didn't grow up in a Christian household. So it begins with them. They become the foundation layers, the fathers, the mothers of future generations of Christians. And just walking in, in Deuteronomy 6, that what you've learned, teach this to your children when they rise up at the noonday, when they lay down, put it in them. You know, it's, it's the process of repetition and demonstrating it in the character and the fruit of it. That's why I, I, I love your book about the Crazy Happy because it's birthed in the fruit of the spirit. When you do that, my goodness, that cultivates an appetite for the things of God. It's nothing more than the character of Christ. It is the character of Christ. And when they see that modeled, demonstrated by mom and dad, it becomes natural for the children. It really does. So all that he needs is one person, just a person that says, you know, here am I, let it, let it be me. Let me be the first one who finishes college in my family. Let me be the first one who starts a business in my family. Let me be the first one who commits their life to missions in their family. Let me be the first one in my family that helps to establish the principles of God to, to help helping my local church. Let me be the first one in the family. There is always an excitement about being the first one. So there's a blessing on that first one. They're dedicated to God and they have huge impact for generations to come. I just like to almost put on spiritual binoculars and allow them to be able to look and say, you know, when I teach this to my children, they'll then have an example of how to teach it to their children and then 
to the next generation and it becomes exponential. To me, our children and what we put into them become the greatest weapon and threat to the devil's kingdom that the planet will ever know. Well, talk a little bit about that, what you and your bride did with your kids, right? Like, and, and maybe you can even talk like, hey, this is what our parents did with us. Because yeah. I think, you know, we live in a day and age where, you know, it's kind of like that, that idea of C.S. Lewis talks about like kind of chronological snobbery. Like we always think like, man, this is the best way to do it. But like, you're talking about the book of Deuteronomy chapter six. So you're talking, you know, some 4,000 years ago, there's these principles that have been laid down. And, and even though we have more technology, you know, the same principles apply. I'm, I know you're going to tell us just simple things that you're like, yeah, well, of course, but we have a tendency to think, well, how do I share these things with our kids? And so talk a little bit about that, how you learned from your parents, how your bride learned from her parents and how you invested in your kids. Oh, well, absolutely. You know, um, here are three essentials that my parents uh, taught us. My dad taught me this, that his parents taught him. God first, family second, business or career third. So it gave us a godly priority just with those three three things, God first, family second, business or career third. That to me alone has been a lifesaver because to me, I've met some, some preacher's kids and they were the worst in the world. And the only reason that they were is because those priorities were out of order in their home. And the children rebelled against the church. They acted in a way to embarrass the institution of the church, which was like a mistress to the marriage, because the parent that was involved in the ministry put the ministry before their family. So I learned God first, family second, business, ministry, career, third. So I learned that from my parents. Never put your business, the career you're calling, before your family. The family is our first calling. The family is the most base unit of society. So God first, family second, business third. They modeled that. They taught that intentionally. And they gave us these three rules. Work hard, be honest, and keep good company. Work hard, be honest, keep good company. They are simple, but not everything that's simple is easy. <laughs> really simple is not deep, is not profound. But to me, if you build the circle, and so I grew up with five other brothers. My brothers were also my friends. We live by this motto in my home, the family that prays together and plays together and uh, stays together. So we had fun. We had fun as a family. We did life together. In retrospect now, I realize my family was my small group. My mm. family was my start was my small group. I started teaching the Bible uh, in, a, in a little Bible study in my own home with my own family members, probably when I was uh, 13, 14 years old. That's when I started. So my discipleship was a home group in the home, I learned that because my dad took the family, led us in prayer, and, and brought us around the word, and the gift emerged in my life. And mm -hmm. there I was, son number four out of six, but I became the teacher of the whole family. So my, my leadership gift, I was raised in a leadership culture, and my leadership gift emerged right at home. My family was my first mission field. And my family today still is my first mission field. It teaches me what to do in the church by simply reflecting on what I have done in the home. And for example, when we were raising our children, my wife and I, I would sit down with the children in front of the televisions. Instead of 
banning them from looking at this, that, and the other. I wanted to teach them how to look at it critically and look at what was happening and being presented in entertainment through a biblical lens. I was teaching my children, how do you think biblically concerning this? And I would ask my children, what was done inappropriately in this particular scene? And my children would say, those two people were in the bed and they weren't married. And so they are applying a biblical context to what they are seeing presented uh, in in, in television, in in the real world. And I'm sitting there so that we can have a conversation and I can teach them how to biblically think about the things that are happening in their world, in their circle. What happened here in this situation? That little boy told a story. He was not honest with his mom or his dad or she was not honest. And so I'm narrating and I'm getting feedback from them. I'm not telling them what was wrong and what was right. I'm telling them now, put on your biblical lens, tell as a Christian what was done right here and what was done improperly so that they are thinking. Because the whole word amuse literally means not thinking. So when we are being amused, whether it is by music or by television, by videos, a muse is not thinking. So it brings us back into this thing. How do we bring our biblical intelligence to love God with all of our heart, our mind? I've met so many Christians who just laid their minds to the side as though you don't even need it. It's a dimension of us. God knows we need our minds. I mean, we are living in a day now where common sense is not so common. And we, we just need some people that will call some things out and speak truth and believe it without hesitation and teaching them this, this critical thing, this, which is what I taught my children. If you're going to be a person of integrity, you must have courage. You must mm. have courage because integrity is simply doing what is right, but it's having the courage. You can't do what's right if you're afraid of how people are going to judge you or uh, call you lame or, or put you in a particular box. It takes courage to do what's right. It takes courage to do what is right and not fold and conform to the world, but be transformed into the biblical image of Jesus Christ of who he has called us to be. So we were very real. We were not hyper-spiritual with our children. We met them where the rubber meets the road and brought biblical solutions, biblical thinking to the issues that they were dealing with in their life. So it was very practical for us. We taught them responsibility, helping us to clean uh, a, a around the house, giving them chores and teaching them responsibility. If you receive something as a heritage in your life, an inheritance, our primary responsibility becomes stewardship, stewardship of the gift, stewardship of the inheritance, stewardship of this great faith that we have. What do we do about it? How do we share it with our friends? How do we use it to impact the world that is around us? And so um, that that became a part of our children's lives because they saw it demonstrated in their own home. Now, for all of you who are listening, you know, in whatever uh, place you find yourself, I don't want you to miss what Bishop Bronner is saying right now, because he's really giving us very practical examples of what James speaks about in his letter about how faith without works is dead, about, about how, how do we apply the faith that we have to real life at street level where we all live. Now, one of the things that I love, and I, I don't want anyone to miss this, is he said, these are simple, right? And, and, and like things like working hard, things like being honest, 
things like uh, having integrity, right? These are, these are simple things. They, they almost sound elementary, but where the rubber meets the road, how do we live this thing out in, in the world in which we live with all the different things? You talked about different things like entertainment, how it works when we're at school, how it works when we're on the job. And I think that's something that God is calling all of us to, especially in this day and age where we have so much of the people of God are kind of off the rails of Christ-likeness. They believe in Jesus, but they're not embodying like, hey, what does it look like for us to grow up into, into the image of Jesus? Now, Bishop Brother, talk to me about this because one of the things that I love so much about not only who you are when we connect, you know, offline and I'm always loving, you'll send me hysterical memes sometimes, you know, get me laughing. And, but you very much, your, your affect, your countenance, you know, how you carry yourself is very much in line with the fruit of the spirit in its most simplest understanding. You know, you are a man of great love, a man of great joy. You have a very peaceful presence. Now, you know, uh, I'm sure you have your moments where you're not patient, but there is that part of the way you carry yourself. I'm like, Bishop Bronner is at ease with who he is in Jesus and who he is in the world. And then you have things like kindness and faithfulness. And I think about your life of ministry, like your life really embodies uh, and your testimony uh, embodies uh, the fruit of the spirit, which obviously in my book, Crazy Happy, we're like, we break open like, hey, like when, when we become more like Jesus, the fruit of the spirit is on display and thus we get to live uniquely happy lives, what I call crazy happiness. So talk a little bit about, because uh, obviously you're moving through, through a crazy world, weird things happen, unexpected things happen. How do you continue to cultivate, you know, or allow the spirit of God to have that reign in your life so that who you are reflects this image of Jesus that we're talking about? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a great question, you know. And to me, you know, one of the, one of the most um, neglected fruit of the Spirit to me um, is the fruit of faithfulness, just simple faithfulness, because it doesn't come across as sexy, <laughs> it's just faithful. It's showing up on time. It's it's doing the do, even when we don't feel like doing it. To mm-hmm. me, that's a part of what maturity is. Maturity is the ability to remain faithful even after the emotion has passed. So if I'm committed to something, whether uh, I don't pray because I feel like praying every day, I don't feel like praying every day. I pray because it's the right thing to do, and I believe with all of my heart that I need it for God's blessings, that I need it for God's direction, that I need it for His wisdom. To me, prayer and Bible reading calibrate my spirit and my mind for the day. So it anchors me before I meet rude, impatient, judgmental, (laughs) mean-spirited people in the world, I'm already anchored by the faithfulness of just what prayer, uh, what fellowship, uh, you know, with other believers, um, sharing with them, spending time with family. It's just faithfulness. It is just faithfulness when it, when it, we don't feel like it. And faithfulness doesn't, is never based on feelings. Jesus is What a great thing Pastor Dale Bronner shared with you today. He and Pastor Daniel discussed these ideas of being faithful and being courageous when it's not easy. 
How did your heart receive these things today? What are the areas you find yourself being faithful in? And are there some places in your life where you might need to build up some courage to do what's right? These are the things that honor God. Thanks for joining Pastor Daniel Fusco for the Crazy Happy Podcast. Each week, Pastor Daniel is joined by journalist and author Billy Hallowell to discuss relevant topics, interview guests, and share the hope of the gospel message. If you'd like more information about this podcast, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Be sure to subscribe so you're notified each time we post a new edition. Now, here's Josh to let you know what you'll hear next week. In a world that's reeling from the fallout of isolation, Pastor Daniel and Bishop Dale Bronner will share ideas on the importance of community, of fellowship with other people. Isolation is something that people can be forced into, but it's never a good thing to be apart from other people. When you're tempted to withdraw and remove yourself from groups of society, notice that as a warning sign and choose to lean in. Well, that's all the time we have for this special Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Today's broadcast was produced from the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco. Be sure to subscribe to the Crazy Happy Podcast today. And be sure to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.